I'm Tom Franklin. So, aka Musaseka. And we are two, two for the for city. The city. Welcome Hello. to our inaugural episode, Musaseka. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to uh, start this uh, wonderful journey with you. Yes, and um, who would have thought that the two of us would meet to do a podcast to begin with? But hey, this is but San Luis the, supporters. That's isn't that the beauty of soccer, though? Connecting people from so many different backgrounds together for one common cause. I mean, isn't isn't yeah. this doesn't this podcast just embody the spirit of that? Yeah, and two good-looking guys at the same time, so it, I, that that can hurt. And I don't think we've done Allegedly. on purpose to have the the red and blue colors, but we did no we, color we, coordination. Look at that. We, you know what, and we did not run through any sort of wardrobe meeting before this at all. I just literally threw this on, Mo threw that on, and you know what, it works. It just works. Great mind thinks alike. It it really does. That's why we're doing a <laughs> podcast together. I really yes. think I really think that is why. That is why. It just meant to be. Uh, yes. So Tom. So um, I think a lot of people know about my backstory, but. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came about soccer and we'll go sure. from there? Yeah, sure. So I I grew up in a soccer rabid household. Um, my dad married into a family that uh, everyone played soccer. Everyone followed U.S. Uh, men's national team, U.S. women's national team. Um, they were just, I mean, like they lived and breathed soccer. Um, and... I, for me, I will admit that soccer was a bit of an acquired taste um, in case uh, if you're not actually watching this right now and you haven't seen pictures of me, I am a bit of a chonk. I'll admit that you know, I, I, I am a, uh, as, as, as one uh, former radio colleague would call it robust um, in terms of frame. And I've always been, and I, and I always have been, you know, I've, I, and I, I played soccer growing up, uh, CYC, Maco Conception was, was my team down in Arnold. I was not very good at soccer. I just, I, I, I tried, I tried, but my, my big issue was I did not have the foot coordination um, to be a really effective dribbler. Like I had a good shot. I had a good hard shot. But I was not the most coordinated with my feet. I was slow. I did not have uh, the acceleration. I was not exactly Aubameyang out there. Let's just—I mean, prime Aubameyang. It's not many of us. Not me. No, no, no. He's—he's a rare breed, and I certainly was not even in his zip code. Um, but no, I tried, I tried nonetheless and I had fun. We all had fun. It was, uh, you know, CYC is far from a competitive league. I mean, it's a way for people to get together and kick a ball around for the most part. It's only when you get to like the select levels, like when you start, you know, actually getting competitive and, you know, start thinking about maybe I can make this a career someday, or at least maybe go to college, you know, and have it pay for my college. Um, that was never in the cards for me, but, um, I've I've always been growing up and like through my high school years and through my young adult years, soccer is I I, I had a casual interest in soccer. Like I, I would I would never say I, I really didn't embrace soccer like I have until the last couple of years. And really it was a lot of it was because of St. Louis City SC. Like I'll admit this was kind of choice. a marching <laughs> This was a marching drumbeat for my, you know, for me marching into the world of soccer. Like I've, I've been a Liverpool fan since the mid two thousands, and 
I I know, I know, Mr. Chelsea. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but you, but you know what? I, here's what I'll say to that. At least you're not a Man U fan. I we we can we can be uh, friends. Yeah. If yes. you were a United uh, fan, this podcast would not be happening. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think I tolerate Liverpool fans a little bit because they had Mane and Salah, you know, some of these guys in there. So I think I, just a little bit of likeness. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I respect that. I respect that totally. But um, I, my interest, even in Liverpool, was always kind of casual um you know up until and i hate to, i hate to call myself a front runner but yes jurgen klopp and yes um you know when they won the champions league a couple years ago corner kick corner taken quickly Origi, um you right. know that kind of that kind of really launched my you know started started the process of me embracing soccer more that and conversely the rams moving out of st louis um and the whole fiasco with stan Kroenke as my interest in the NFL kind of waned, my interest in soccer kind of took its place a little bit. It filled kind of the void that, you know, the NFL had had in me. And it really, and I really started to open my eyes to how soccer is unlike any sport that we celebrate here in America in that it is truly a global game. You know, you have players in the MLS that, you know, get sold to European clubs that come in from European clubs that come in and out of South America, Africa, Asia. And it just like it just blew me away how connected this game is, not just in America, but around the world. And once St. Louis City SC came aboard, you know, and. And you know, of course, our team's a multinational team. I mean, you know, we it have. Sure uh, is. Yeah. I mean, our I our, our striker everywhere our, now. I mean, our star striker is a Brazilian German. I mean, you know, that's you know, you don't you don't see that every yeah. day. Um, but no, it just it, it's it just over time. It just I once I started opening my eyes and seeing how great this game was. Um, I I just started getting hooked and then I'm so hooked I am doing a YouTube channel now and a podcast with a uh, French Senegalese so you know just living the dream for full cycle for, yeah, full cycle. cycle really yes. really and, and 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 again just like I said you know if it wasn't for this game me and you we would be like two ships passing in the night I think yeah, I think it, it probably did happen before St. Louis City was built. So, um, oh sure, we most likely walked by each other and probably never knew. Oh, probably, probably, yeah. definitely so, definitely so. And uh, so, so um, <laughs> I, you know, just in case you know people you know don't know about your story, you have a far more interesting soccer story than I do. Like, you know, you grew up in Paris and you grew up playing yep. the game. So, so what was your, so what's, what's your soccer background? Yeah. So I think mine, it was more, how we'll call it almost like a way of life. We'll call it, um, especially. Sure. Um, so I lived a lot of my time, my youth time between Senegal and France. So it was more of that culture of like European soccer and African football is what we'll call it. And then um, surprisingly, I think one thing that people might not know more about me is that I was actually, soccer was my second sport. Um, oh. I actually started with judo martial art growing up um, because okay. I was um, like 
let's say maybe getting into too many troubles. So my parents put me into martial art, which taught me more to be more disciplined and a lot calmer and the person that you now see in front of you. And also <laughs> let that serve as a warning. If you do step yes. to, you know, Mosaka, he's going to throw you. Oh, no. Maybe back in the days, but now I'm a little bit more chill. Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll talk before violence, right? Uh, yes. And yes. Yes. And unfortunately, now that people know that you have those licenses, um, I think when it comes to the law, you are dealt a little bit more severe because you actually know how to hurt someone on purpose. Well, yeah, so that I mean, so, also helps being calm. I mean, what, <laughs> I mean, what's that in movies? You know, people have to, you know, register their hands as lethal weapons. You know, wasn't yeah. wasn't that, wasn't that like the whole plot of Con Air? You know, was Nicolas Cage's character? I, you know, he actually oh, beat a, a man question. to death, and yeah, no, it's yeah, I it's, haven't had. I, chance, I think that so, might be a yes. I don't know if that's just a movie thing or if that's a real life thing, but uh, um, I don't know about the register part. But there, if knowing your background, like if you were like MMA fighter and you do happen to do that to someone, you know, those rules kind of changes. Um, and when it comes to soccer, it was more of a, just us playing soccer with our friends. Uh, recess is soccer. You go home, it's soccer. You take your backpack in the street. Those are soccer goals. You see soccer everywhere. Your uncles, aunt, every party is a soccer. So it's pretty mm -hmm. much a way of living um, almost Almost everyone is sort of, we'll say, have those skills. Um, some have the inspiration to be professional, some don't. Um, I was lucky enough to have maybe a little bit more of that skills that allowed me to go to, you know, academy soccer, um, a small stint at PhD um, until the age of 14 and figure out that maybe that was not my first sport or the thing that will take me professional. So I sort of, um, you know, got into more of the computer technology um, and incorporate that with soccer. And that kind of came became something that when St. Louis City came about, um, I have the knowledge of technology to be able to kind of do podcast videos. And what also got me known more was for the memes that I created. Sure. Um, just because of the excitement of having a soccer team, um, it just happened to be something fun to do. And yeah, well, that just opened doors. And I guess now this is what I'm doing in my spare time. Well, you're, you're living proof that you don't have to be a actual player to still have a passion that you can convert into at least a side hustle you know with yeah. the game like you're you're one of the you're you might be the og youtube uh youtuber for st louis yeah. city sc like I, I i i'm pretty sure no one preceded you to that of course we got a lot of great podcasts i, I think in, i think we'll probably say that you know i think matt and and Fly, yeah, probably Flyover. will start to yes yeah, I think Flyover was the uh, was was the originals, but like you know, as far as like doing the type of YouTube create you know content that we do, um, you know they you know they they're a podcast and 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 we do we we do things kind of like a little differently as well. So, but you were you were one of like the first people that like in St. Louis City SC just 
online social media culture that like really stood out and it was because you were putting in the work you know to make those those gifts and you know the reaction videos and and all that and it's just it's just it, again it's just a testament that you don't have to play to you know you know to to continue embracing your passion for this game yeah and i mean i think one thing that uh, people don't really see also in um, european soccer even out in other part of the world is in those academies there's a lot of those kids that go in because they wanted to be professional players but those mm -hmm. that don't necessarily make it there those are the ones that then become coaches um sporting directors um directors of you know relations um so pretty much those academies don't only build professional soccer players they also build the entire ecosystem around those clubs um so that's why you you kind of see the difference you know with mls and others where you know you may go to the academy or even the home club soccer that you have built around the u.s where sure. it's more directed at the players it may be a few become coaches at a later time but in in europe and other places it's like the whole ecosystem of once you're in that club it will build you up to whatever you like to be if soccer is not one of those. And that's why I was fortunate to kind of have that, you know, the, the foundation and the support behind a lot of the things that I do because I've always able to build those relationships across the pond with my old clubs where, you know, you get a little bit more of that knowledge and the connections there because you were inserted in that. Um, ecosystem well i mean i i you know you, i when when you were explaining that i kept thinking about lutz fanenstiel uh who was you know basically the definition of a journeyman in this game i mean he played i, I don't know everywhere. I, I don't think he i don't think he liked that part i think he was more i think he said he was more of a, a player that played in multiple clubs around the world versus yeah. like a, a player that you know when you stay within a team and you yeah. bounce around yeah no, no like he <laughs> yeah. no because i read his biography and like yeah. I, I i think it really was his choice to yes, to go around go around all that you know he he you know he 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 enjoyed the adventure i think i think yes. part of it and oh yes <laughs> but but at the same time as well though like it also broadened him you know as a um soccer professional to where like even even when he was still playing he was still uh, involved in some in for some like in later his career you know in in a managerial capacity you know he yep. you know i remember he was talking in his biography about a team i think i think it was in egypt that he uh helped build and then unfortunately it financially collapsed to find you know the money behind it was very dubious but like he he went on there i think i think that's when he finally went to south america to kind of complete that challenge in his career and as a player um but yeah he he talked a lot about how when he was young he had a chance to play for bayern munich and he would have and not not bad but he was afraid of being kind of lost in the shuffle, you know, kind of being mm -hmm. a career guy. And that's why he kind of embarked um, on his career journey, you know, around around the world. But, um, 
you know, to your point, I mean, Lutz was not, he wasn't Manuel Neuer. He wasn't uh, Hugo Lloris in his prime or anything like that. But no one can deny that Lutz von Stiel isn't a success, um, you know, because because look at him now. He's, you know, he's built St. Louis City SC, an expansion team that won the Western Conference. And, and exactly exactly so it's it's again it's and that's more proof that you don't have to play soccer to to make it your life yep and it's working now because he has connections so deep that he's finding players in places that not many look at and Which... he and, and and he's the reason why i had dreams of roberto firmino in the st louis city sc kit someday <laughs> i think many of you were many yeah. of you had i was not in that boat but I know, yes, I know, yeah. Mr. I, I, I get you, Mr. Chelsea. I get it, I get it. But you know, you know me. I never, no, I never, never I, yeah. I never walk it alone. So the Liverpool part. It was not really the Liverpool part. It was more of the his stature and also that he was still, you know, he still can play, and can. the money that City was going to have to pay him, that was like, you know, he that would have been the entire salary of the entire club in one I, player I, and then double the rest. So it would have been nice. It would have. Yeah, we're I, not LA and I, all those. I would have I would have also, you know, putting my Liverpool bias aside, um, <laughs> would have questioned his fit on the team because he is I mean he could still go, but he is you know, he's not getting younger. So, like, I don't think he, you know, would be exactly a pressing forward, you know, on our team. In fact, he probably, honestly, would probably play more, you know, of a, you know, a 10 role, you know, for, for City SC if he did yeah, come along. He, you know, kind, kind of like not he defend do. much. No, he wouldn't defend much. But, you know, I, I don't think you would necessarily want him as, you know, your top striker either. You know, you probably would want him as a shadow striker or you know, playing behind the striker at this stage of his career. I mean, he's still, like I said, he can still go, but he doesn't have, you know, the pep that he used to. That's kind of what, you know, that's why he kind of left Liverpool was because he was kind of, he had lost a step. He's getting you know, there. Yeah. Getting there. But, uh, but so we, we talked a little bit about our, uh, our backgrounds in soccer and, you know, what kind of got us into soccer and, um, we're both St. Louis City SC, died in the wool supporters, you know, so we got that in common. Um, as you can see behind me, behind me here, I have, uh, you know, Liverpool and I have a Roma um, scarf and I have a Dortmund scarf. Those are the mm -hmm. three teams that I primarily support outside of St. Louis City SC. Um, okay. I picked up Roma because they came to St. Louis um, to play Liverpool at Bush Stadium a few years ago. Um, got to see Mohamed Salah score against Liverpool. Um, and this was, like a, Fun. this was like a year before he became a Liverpool player. And their starting goalie, by the way, for Roma, was this uh, Brazilian goalie named Allison, who ended up... Not a bad player. <laughs> Ended up signing with Liverpool, I think, around you know about a year or two later himself. So, um, but the fact that I got to see them in person, and of course I was there for mm -hmm. Liverpool, obviously, but you know the fact that they were there, that they they put on a good show, um, you know, I got, I just kind of started supporting them, you know, kind of, you know, just from that, um, and then Excellent. Dortmund. 
And then Dortmund, you know, they kind of, you know, Jurgen. I'll admit, Jurgen Klopp, the connection there is 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 one reason mm-hmm. I follow them. They also do the "You'll Never Walk Alone." Uh, song as well so I think there's a there's a bit of a bromance between Liverpool and, and Dortmund fans just kind of naturally um, for those two reasons uh, but controversially though and I don't have a scarf to represent them but kind of thinking backing why I like Roma so much I also have been supporting Leverkusen in in the Bundesliga, and I know it's gonna be controversial because I already support <laughs> Dortmund, and yeah, so it's like, kind of, so it's kind of it's kind of like well, geez, Tom, why don't you support every team in the Bundesliga? Jeez, um, but no, it was it was after they came to St. Louis to open up City Park, and um, also Xabi Alonso, former Liverpool coach, could be the future yep. Liverpool coach. Um, he's the um, there's, there's I think many he's calling for him. He, I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. I think, I think he is. I mean, there's a lot of Liverpool fans that are thinking Xavi are bust when uh, after the season when when Klopp retires. And um, of course, you can't buy into European rumor mill too much, you know. But there's been some talks that apparently Leverkusen's already making contingency plans for if Xavi. Again. I, I, I know enough about the global mm-hmm. game to not fully ever invest in soccer rumors um, from anywhere except maybe Fabrizio Romano. Yeah, well, now Real Madrid is also interested in him. So and things as we are know, getting... As we know, Madrid's, Real Madrid can probably offer the big bucks as well, too. So, so. It's Real Madrid. If, if they call, you know, money is almost second. Level one. Oh, Real Madrid? Hmm. Mm, yeah. And and then probably the weather's nicer in Madrid than Liverpool, I would Spain, I would assume. Yep. I would you know, I'm going to Liverpool in a little over a month, so you know, I'll <laughs> I'll be the judge of that, I guess. But uh um but no, that's those that's my fan. I mean I know we talked you're you're a Chelsea fan for some yes, inexplicable reason. Yes, so that's my um adoptive <laughs> Kidding. um Chelsea fan. But you um, but but, so, but you're PSG as well, yeah. right? Yeah, so I'm since um I'm born and raised in Paris, so PSG was uh, pretty much in my backyard. Um, I lived about fifteen twenty, I think ten fifteen minutes, uh, from Parc des Princes. So PSG oh, wow. was my was my background. Um, and I grew up going to the stadium. I grew up watching um JJ Okocha, Ronaldinho, Rai. Uh, oh man, more. Mauricio also was there. The current coach of um, Chelsea also played at PSG. So I've grew up watching all of these guys, you know, playing soccer in my hometown. So that's where I'm pretty much a diehard PSG fans. That will never change. Um, and then after that, I, by way of PSG, that's where I so, sort of selected um, Chelsea because of Claude McKinley that played for PSG and also played for the national team. They won okay. the World Cup with France. So there was that connection. And then after that, there was Nicola Nelka that plays for PSG and then played for Chelsea, um, Didier Drogba, and all of the African players like ACN um, all went to that club. So it almost became like a, a de facto um, club that I started to watch um, since the 2000 okay so it's it's been it's been a minute 
I always, I always, I always enjoyed watching Drogba play for yes. for for Chelsea. He just was this absolute physical force of nature out there, yeah. and he so was he wasn't he was the, so... the best. You know, he wasn't the fastest. He was no. not the most skillful. But when defenders knew that Didier was going to play, you better have your A game because it will no, be a battle. He never, he never took a game off. Yes, ever. And, and and yes, there there are so many stars that you know, like you know, Berbatov was a guy that you know would kind of fade in and out, you know, back in his and, day. And there's there's countless others that you know have off days. I can't recall Drogba ever having an off day. All the way to Phoenix Rising when he came to USL, <laughs> he was still yep. playing like it until his body said, "I can't do it no more," and then and, he became half owner. <laughs> and and and, he, and you know what? I was watching him during the Afcon finals and yes. um, him in the stands, and I'm, I and I was I was looking at him. It's like you know what? If if someone from Ivory Coast gets injured, he could go out there and put in a shift. I think. Oh, um, he, he, I he, think he, he was he ready, ready to go put some shorts and cleats and go. Absolutely. Especially after that first goal and his face, you know, his whole spirit went away. <laughs> I think he was going to turn around and be like, you know, I just. Just put cleats and shin guards. I'm going. Even with yeah, jeans on. It, Who cares? It, also, shout out to Ivory Coast for winning yes. AFCON after sacking their head coach mid-tournament. Has that ever happened? In, I mean, because you're, you're, you, you know I, a lot more about AFCON than I do and a lot of us no, do. I've... That firing coach. That's yeah. unheard of um, because it was that bad. Um, yeah. I think for Ivory Coast, the most... And I guess we can always go to the AFCON. Um, the the most surprising things with Ivory Coast was that they were the 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 new rules of the the AFCON was that they they picked three of the third place teams to add it back to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Ivory Coast was dead last on the three picks of the worst three. They were at they were literally the last the worst team in the tournament that qualified and then they fired their coach and bring their assistant coach who mm -hmm. was also an international player for Ivory Coast. And he literally just took that team. I don't know if it's the new, you know, the new coach smell that always does it for <laughs> every other soccer team for some reason. And then it did just keep on winning games. Um, the last review that I was doing with, um, our good friends from uh, Belly Up. Um, our prediction yeah. was pretty much um, what I said is that every every coast is if you score a goal against them and then you just stay back on the you know and you let them come to you and try to score, you will most likely lose after the half half time. <laughs> and they went and did it against Senegal and then did it even better against Nigeria at the final where. Usually Nigeria only allowed, I think, two goals the entire tournament until the final. And yeah. then Ivory Coast goes and scored two. Yeah, and comeback fashion, no less. Yes, they were dead, completely dead, and they just, they're just all hearts. So it, they beat yeah. my team, which kind of hurt. But yeah, knowing that, that, that you know, a, they... That was a heartbreaker for you guys. Yeah. It was, but it was also penalties. So once you... Once yeah. you take a team all the way to penalties after that, if you lose, yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, think that's, that's one of those. 
penalties are why right. South Korea survived as long as they did in in the Asian <laughs> Cup. You know, Jurgen Klinsmann, he had a. If he's the coach of South Korea for much longer, I would be shocked because he had just a bad, bad tournament with them. But they, they, they survived because of penalties up until the yes. semis, and and uh, then finally they got caught up with. But no, I got to credit you for getting me into Afcon this year because nice. I had not, I had never watched a second of Afcon <laughs> before this season. But I, I had heard that it was a crazy tournament and like. You know, throw all your FIFA rankings out the window, and everything Pretty just much. gets 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 thrown into a blender. Like I'll I'll never forget. Um, it was the it was it was in the group stage, Cameroon and I think Guinea. Um, where it ended up being, uh, it was like it was like whoever won advanced basically yep. out of yep. that group, and it was one to one at like the eighty fifth minute. And then one team scored, and then the other team scored, and then the other team scored, and then the other team thought they scored, but then they ended up being ruled because it was Come like on. a hand of God situation. Um, but like just just the lead changes and the drama and the fact that Equatorial Guinea, you know, could have a fighting chance, you know, in this tournament, like and Cape yep. Verde making it to the quarterfinals. Like, I mean, I don't think most Americans could point point out Cape Verde on a map. I mean, they could pull. I they think could, most of they could point out Equatorial Guinea because they're literally on the equator. So all you have to do is just look along the equator. But yeah, probably uh, not happen either. Yeah, that that would still be a struggle for some <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's just that. No, I I got exposed to the magic that is Afcon, and even Asian Cup was pretty lit as well. But Afcon was just a different level of wild, and just you know, again, kind of highlights why. I like this sport so much is because, again, different backgrounds, you know, in, in Africa. Yep. I mean, you know, a lot of different socioeconomic situations, political situations, and just, you know, the paths that these teams take just to even make this tournament. And they then they go out – every team that goes out on that pitch for 90 minutes against another team has a puncher's chance, you know, basically yep. to, 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 to make some magic happen. And just equally, you know, teams that should be powerhouses, that should be walking over teams, might get dumped in the, in the group stage. You know, it just, it, it, sure it, it's an amazing happened. tournament. It's just so amazing. Like, I thought, you know, everyone going into this tournament thought, like, okay, Egypt, they got Mo Salah. Um, Morocco, they just, you know, went deep into the World Cup. I mean, surely yep. they're going to, you know, go to the finals or at least semifinals. Nope. 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 South Africa yeeted Morocco out, which, you know, weren't they the last team that actually qualified for Afghan South Africa? Uh, no, actually it was um, Ivory Coast. It was Ivory Coast that was the last team. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I think for yeah. the, the South Africa, the other interesting story from them is that the, the entire team was fielded from players from the South African uh, Premier League. So there was no international player outside of the country. Which and of they course took it meant all the way. Which of yes. course meant no Jabulo Blom. Um, yes. which, which, you know, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of looking in that situation and wondering, um, if the coach has it out for blown because of, you know, just some of the drama that happened with him and the national team over the past year, but you, the way, but you made the, you made the point just now that everyone 
in on the South African team was from their own domestic league. Like you think maybe yes. that was a bit of a statement, you know, from South Africa that, that, Hey, uh, definitely. Our home it, it has. A, yeah. Yes. So they, so it was known that um, South Africa has spent a lot of investment um, in the league itself. A lot of their, even their top players um, are very well paid in South Africa. So they, yeah. they, you know, even if you're the superstar, you, you're already home. You don't have to go overseas because you already know you have that live all set up. Um, you know, there's like our Jamal Bloom has, you know, that inspiration to go to Europe. But a lot sure. of those other players, you know, they don't have as much as a temptation to, you know, if there's a third, you know, third division in Germany or France that call them, they don't really have that temptation because they already have that life set up in their league and it's a very competitive one as we know you know case of chief it's the big one that we all know of um but it's that league is so well established they have the infrastructure from the past world cup so they're it's well positioned to it um they beat morocco not only in the afcon but even in their friendlies and we're talking morocco has European players from PhD to Sevilla that, you know, those are, let's say that they have real Madrid player, uh, trained players in real, in Morocco. Sure. And for South Africa to not only beat them once in the friendlies, which you can say, uh, it's, it's okay, but to go to the AFCON and do the exact same thing, mm -hmm. it's a true statement that says, you know, you can be an African player, play in Africa if your league is well situated and make a name for yourself. Well, I, I followed Morocco in uh, the last World Cup because uh, I, I pulled Sofiane Bouffal from yep. a, a pack of Panini sticker cards. Um, the St. Luligans on their podcast were doing a game where uh, they, uh, they each opened up a pack of sticker cards you know, from Panini, and um, they picked the player to kind of follow throughout the whole World Cup. And then the whole idea was like to find like a fairly obscure player, you know, a player that right. you know, isn't of world renown. And I decided to take part. I bought one pack off of eBay paid way too much for it because it was only a one single pack but you know it's it, it, i wanted to wanted to take part in it and um i even did a i i, I pulled out four players serginio dest was one of them uh rui patricio from portugal was another there was buffal and then there was another guy whose name escapes me and i did a twitter pull and, and everyone said oh pick the moroccan pick the moroccan um and 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 because it was just like you know you didn't think you don't think of morocco as a world soccer power because like portugal that's a power usa everyone knows you know usa so it's like hey pick the moroccan it'd, it'd be fun and um and Buffal, he he had an okay tournament, but the story was Morocco as a, as 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 a team themselves going into the semis. But getting back to your point about the domestic game, one thing I did notice, and I think Buffal's one of them, um, a lot of the players that play on Morocco didn't grow up in Morocco. A lot of them grew up in you know 
France in and, France and, and abroad, and but they, but they yes. play for they, but they play for the team uh, for you know Morocco because that's their heritage, you know. And I and I know Morocco is yep. not the only country where you have that. Like I know I mentioned Aubameyang earlier, like he played for uh, Gabon, Gab- even Gabon. though I don't, yep. I, yeah, but I don't think he I don't think he spent a lot of time in Gabon mostly in, in France I think he, too. Yeah. Yeah, he he grew up abroad as well. So, but yeah. that's a that's a yeah. feather in South Africa's cap that like they have domestic players that are born in South Africa that grow up in the game in South Africa and and they play in the domestic league in South Africa um for them to go in and knock off Morocco and make it as deep into Afcon that kind of I think put them on the map you know, and yep, they and, were and just it, one bad shot away from qualifying. And 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 you just know that uh, the U.S. men's national team wishes that they had a situation like South Africa, where you had a truly domestic, you know, game like that. Because everyone, as you, I mean, as as you know, and everyone knows, you know, to make it, you know, if you're an American growing up, you dream of, you don't dream of playing for Philadelphia yep. Union. You don't dream of playing for Minnesota United. No offense to those teams. You dream of playing for Arsenal, or you dream of playing for Dortmund, or you know, or if you're if you're Pulisic, you know, you know, you go to Milan and have your career revived. You know, I, I I think the American game someday will get there. We're not there yet. It's going to be a while for us to – it's a generational thing. Yeah. Let's oh, say it's, it, going, it, it's, it's a generational people thing. People might like, not want to hear it, but it's going to take a bath. It, it, well, <laughs> like, like, like remember, 1950, the U.S. men's national team beat England one to nothing. And, you know, a lot of their team was comprised of St. Louisans that played for funeral homes, <laughs> you know, Italian. It, yeah. In, in, in the in the hill, you know, it was it was it was, you know, the, you know, some bunch of guys from the block, you know, that yeah. that, you know, that ended up, you know, beating England. So that's just, you know, yeah, it's we still got a ways to go. And, and, and I think that even translates to fandom. Because, yes, I know yep. Premier League has gotten a lot of people interested in the game, um, you know, and then we're starting to start to pay more attention to the Bundesliga, La Liga, and, you know, Serie A and um, Liga to a degree. And um, MLS is still, I think, catching up in our consciousness in America. Like, I didn't care. I didn't really pay any attention at all to MLS before St. Louis City. That C came out. Um, yeah. Did you did you watch much, yeah, much I, MLS before? I, I, a little bit. Um, since I lived in Kansas City, so I did watch. I think a couple of the Wizards game. Sure, but um, I guess the product was not as as I saw it growing up. So that kind of um, turned me off from the NF, um, MLS <laughs> altogether. Um, sure. So I didn't really pay that. So I and I have a lot of the. The, the jerseys because I collect jerseys. So I I have a whole bunch of MLS, you know, old school MLS jerseys, but following the teams themselves, not really. I knew they had one. Um, my last Wizards game was when they play at Arrowhead Stadium. So that tells you how old that is. Yes. And that literally just turned me off from MLS altogether until pretty much City brought it to St. Louis. That, that's what ignited again whilst i was just watching everything else around the world but the mls 
no, I, I get it. And I, and I think there's, I think MLS is, I mean, I think they are starting to gain ground. I think they are starting to get, you know, I, I, and I think, I think the quality of MLS is starting to get better. I mean, yes. yes. It Lionel was Messi quite surprised helps. last year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's outside of Messi. I will say yeah. that um, I was quite impressed on from what I've seen before to now. Um, yes, it is 100 X. Um, better than what i expected oh for sure i mean i i i mean like comparing them to like english football like you know i would i you know you know people ask like you know what level is mls at you know in terms of the rest of the world like i would think i would put i would put the best mls team up against a mid-table championship team in england I think I think that's I think that's pretty fair, and I would put the worst teams probably around mid-table League One, you know. So I would so I, I would I, I if I would say MLS is low, lower to mid-table Championship to high to mid-table League One in terms of quality, but it's getting better. Yeah, and I'm I'm still debating internally um, where to put them because it's kind of hard. Because you do have because you, you have because yeah. you have weird examples like Messi and Benteke yeah. and um, you know I mean I'll even throw Roman, Roman Berkey the one but, off yes yeah like you know the you know Berkey was the starting goaltender for Dortmund for almost a decade Champions I mean, League so, yeah yeah and he was yeah Champions League guy yeah and I'll be afraid that if even if you put like the best team in MLS in like mid championship. I'll have to be honest, some of those championships game are harder and better than the EPL games because championship is like maybe the yeah. skills in the EPL are much higher. I, championship, you have to be a dog and you have to be like strong physically, mentally yeah. to make it to that league because you will get hacked and everything else oh i i think i think i think lester would absolutely destroy sheffield united and that's and and that's yeah. you know that's a championship top championship team against a lower premier league team i think i think i think lester would probably give everton a run for their money in fact i think they at this fact, moment yeah in fact, in fact i'd yeah. probably put money on lester to win that one and that's you know of course i gotta watch yeah, it just when, I gotta watch it when talking about Everton and money because you know they're in, they're kind of in trouble for that. But uh, we we got plenty of Everton fans in St. Louis. We can do all the talking. <laughs> I actually do feel sorry for Everton fans. I really and and, and yes, I I'm a, it's easy as a Liverpool fan to you know poke fun at them, but what's what they're going yep. through yes. right now. But enough about the English game. Let's go back to the domestic game and why me and you are here, Musaseka. Of course, you are, if anyone can be considered an expert on St. Louis City 2, um, you're, you're, you're just about it. I mean, you go to every game. You've, um, you, you know, you've, you've really kind of integrated yourself you know, with, with the team and the culture. So um, one of the things that we are going to do on this podcast, in addition to covering, you know, main roster, you know, happenings and activities and stuff, we also want to shed a bigger spotlight on St. Louis City too. And I know Mo, you've got some pretty big plans for that. Uh, yes, and I think just and just to um, wrap it um, in like a nice bow is that the reason why I've been a big advocate of City Two since the very beginning. It's sort of the, you know, the essence of bringing soccer to the masses. 
and knowing that soccer and those kids that are playing in there is not only kids that are trying to go pro, but it's also academy kids. And there's also players that are most likely will be going to college as well. Sure. So it's sort of give them the, you know, the knowledge and the experience. Not many of these um, next pro teams play in their home stadium in front of their fans, which is a totally different experience. Um, let alone having fans shouting their names. So it's just to bring light to a lot of those kids that are, are, are putting the hours, putting the F sweat, blood, tears from Academy all the way to make it there. So it's just to kind of bring spotlight to them, um, let them know that, you know, it's not just the first team. It's all the way from the U, think 14, all the way up. We'll support them and whatever we can, we'll bring light to those um, that make yeah, a difference definitely from yeah definitely as 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 the uh, old expression goes from the root to the fruit you know yes. going from you know the you know the the roots of this uh, of the academy to all the way to the fruit of of the main roster that's definitely what we want to cover here and of course uh one thing that we are going to do this year is uh for cd2 uh, as long as me and you are able to go to games i know you're going to miss the first game i'm going to miss yes. the third game because i'm <laughs> going to be overseas so uh, i know first world problems boohoo uh, but but for the I'll games that the we cruise, can i guess yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to England and speed running the English football experience. So, you know, that's, that's you know, wah. But, yes. um, no, but for all the other games that we, we can go to, and there's going to be, I think, 12 of the 14 that we're both going to be there for, um, knock on wood, um, we are going to get together after games and on the soccer zombie channel, we will do a quick recap of the game, kind of go over the highlights, the key moments, who stood out, you know, players that, cause there's going to be players on the city two roster. I think that are very interesting uh, to follow this year. Uh, the Academy yes. players coming up this year, uh, Carson lockers, a guy that has a lot of hype about him. Um, Brandon McCarthy, the super draft uh, uh, pick. Uh, I thought he's looked pretty good so far in the exhibition games he's yep. probably going to be on city two we want to you know people want to know how he's doing if kojima doesn't make the main roster he's going to play on city two um just a lot of names that people want to keep up on and uh, we'll try to do that on the soccer zombie youtube channel but then to kind of further along you know what our coverage um you are going to uh actually get into uh, the media side of things a little bit and uh, have more access to uh, players on your channel. So talk about a little bit about that. What you can anyway, without stepping on yeah. toes. Yeah. So the goal will be just to, to highlight them, not only talk about them, um, you know, and those performance, it's also getting to know those players a little bit more. So um, sure. the goal is to see if we can have, you know, a little bit more interactions with them. Uh, personally, and you know, get to know a lot of those uh, players and you know, promote them individually as well, not just Definitely. the CD2 brand. And also, it's always you know, it add the motivation to you know perform or you know, hey, hey, somebody talked about me and there's a, an eye um, into my progress. So hopefully we'll have to be able to, to bring a little bit more of that insight on those players, get to know yep. them, hopefully promote a lot of the St. Louis kids and sure. just 
getting to learn their path to CD2 and if they yeah. can inspire the next generation of kids that will be watching them play um, once or twice a week. That's and that's what it's all and that's what it's all about. It's not just today. It's it's also about tomorrow as well. And yes. So, you know, we want to highlight that here. And then, of course, you know, we'll come back here on this podcast, you know, uh, probably every every other week at least to, you know, kind of uh, chat about how things are going with the team and uh, um, maybe even discuss, you know, it'll be mostly St. Louis City SC related. I think this podcast will be. But as we yes. just spent a lot of as we spent a lot of time talking <laughs> about, Mo, we've got interests outside of St. Louis City as well that I'm sure we're going to be, you know, I might be crying because Liverpool didn't win the Prem this year or um, you know maybe Chelsea makes a big signing or uh, PSG uh, of course PSG's you know going to be waving goodbye to Mbappe here in a little bit so uh, yeah depending yeah. on what happens yeah and I think it's just what encompasses the, the whole soccer culture so you know you sure. bring it first locally and then it expands to where they are and as you saw you know with City we have Nico Giacchini now that goes to Como. So then that yep. now extends City to Italy when we only had City to Germany, Leverkusen. So as we yep. get more players branching out all over the world, our ecosystem will just grow. And then it will and, add more of those conversations there. And, and, I, and, and I hope other teams that St. Louis City SC sells players to are half as welcoming and warm as Como is toward towards yeah. us. Like ever since, yeah. oh, ever yes, since, they're doing great. They're they're smart. They're they're very smart. They have understood yes. that they have hooked a fish here with St. Louis uh, soccer fans here, and they are they 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 put out all, all sorts of Joaquini related content, and that's that is very yes. smart. And you know, I'm doing my recaps for them as well, and uh, mm-hmm. um, it's 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 been an interesting journey. Like there's, like I said. So- earlier soccer is a game that unites people that would otherwise have no business even you know sharing a room together sometimes like i i como is a place that is like a fantasy to me like i could never imagine myself going to como because it's you know just a beautiful place you know kind of you know a little little uh little foo-foo a little uh little little spendy but uh um hey. the fact but the fact that we have this shared interest in soccer now is again it's just the uniting power of soccer once again at play here and um it's it, it's a beautiful game it's it's a game that unites uh it's yes. united us it's united us on this venture and our uh related ventures it united you and kevin show with uh uh sporting KC. Yes. Not just not not only a rival, but you know, another person from a different background and a different culture as well. And it's just I love I love that. I love that about this game though. Yep. And that's and that's what kind of shows that, you know, you can be rival in quotes, but also have, you know, so much in common. Um, you know, if you were if it was on paper, you see Kevin Cho is like Kansas City, San Louis. Liverpool, Chelsea, France, Argentina. You know, there's mm-hmm. all of these things that if you put it on paper, it's like that will not work. But no. we all talk to each other all the time. He's as friendly as he can be for with anyone. So it's there's always that common ground that we want to see incredible football displayed. The score, it will take a few days or hours to kind of let it out. 
But at the end of the day, it's like when we play soccer, you pass the white line. I don't know you. I don't like you. And then once you pass that white line again, we're friends again and yeah. go hang out. And 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 the important thing is is you know it it is a rivalry between us and and, and sporting Kansas City, but it doesn't need to be a toxic rivalry. And and your oh, no. conversation with Convincio showed that. Like think, I mean, think of like say like the St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs, for instance. Mm-hmm. All that is a rivalry that has spanned generations. But you know something. I went to Chicago uh, last season uh, and went to Wrigley Field, and Cubs fans, the everyone, all the Cubs fans I dealt with, nicest people on earth. Like they were, you know, they were very welcoming. They were very friendly. I mean, they do play in a place called the Friendly Confines. You know, Wrigley Fields. <laughs> there, that's the other nickname for it. But um, that's another example of of how you can still grow the game. You can still grow interest in the game. Rivalries are very important but they yes. don't have to be toxic. They just don't. And I think, and I think, look, I think the first season, the St. Bird for us, I mean, it was our first season. Um, Kansas City's always, we've always had a little bit of a big brother, little brother relationship between St. Louis and Kansas City, you know, and, and as you know, brothers fight, you know, that's just kind yeah. of, you know, it's just natural for brothers to fight. But I do think that and 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 it's it's not just us it's it's everywhere you do have some bad apples you know you do have sometimes things do go overboard (laughs) feelings get hurt and you know we we don't need that you know we just we i mean we can have a rivalry we can celebrate when we beat kc or kc can celebrate when they beat us but it doesn't have to get personal um it's 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 like that meme it's only a game why you have to be mad yeah but it's you know. not just a game, or I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, for yeah. I mean, I mean, but that, but in, in in soccer, I was talking about this with a uh, a German YouTuber named Sasha Fox, who uh, actually <laughs> went to St. Louis City. Um, uh, actually, so he went to the Capital Classico last year at home. It was uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, and you know, he's he's from Germany. And, you know, we were kind of talking about one of the things that endears me to soccer more than other sports lately is that soccer does tend to get more interwoven into like the fabric of a community than like, like, like the Cardinals are an exception. Like I I think the St. Louis Cardinals are definitely a big part of St. Louis, but can you say, but you can't say that about like the Kansas city Royals or the Colorado Rockies, they're there. They exist, and people (laughs) like them. They go to games, but, like, win or lose, life goes on. You know, but for for some of these, but for some soccer teams, not just here, but around the world, wins and it's more than just wins and losses it's it's you know sometimes it's the best way to get a community together um you know and it's just like i said i've we've talked at length in this the podcast alone just about it's another way that soccer is such a unifying force oh yes and it 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 will destroy weekends and and we will and sometimes months or four years for me, knowing that the World Cup we lost it. So, oh but, man, you know, you, yeah, you, you you learn how, to, and it's it's part of a yeah. soccer fan. I think almost a soccer fan is. I've seen that maybe compared to other sports. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's even worse when you lose 
I, I don't know if it's because it's part of that whole community or, or something, but, you know, there's something that when, you know, there, you lose a tournament or something that facet of your life kind of changes and, well, it, it, and it lingers until something else pops up. So I, I will admit Maybe for that me. I will, I will, not for, yeah, and for <laughs> me too, because last year I will admit that when we lost to Kansas, Kansas City in the playoffs, I was a little. Yes. Yeah, hold on a second. Can you still hear me? It looks like I cannot hear you. Yes. Oh, it's. Hooked up to a power bank because <laughs> I have I have apparently left this uncharged for way too long, and uh, it just it the battery cracked croaked on it. So I'm gonna try right. to do well, this yeah. smoothly there. So see there I think I think we're basically we're kind of basically wrapping yes. up for the most part. Yes. So um so we were talking about oh, how I was butt hurt over. Yes, the rivalry. Yeah, so yeah, I think we can just stop it at that. Maybe I think so. I, I think I think we've <laughs> we've we've hit that point. But the but the point I was making was that um, that this team means that much to me because personally, when the season started, um, it pulled supporting this team, going to the games, becoming part of the supporters culture, kind of pulled me out of a dark place mentally. And and it, it that's how much this team does mean to me. And I, and I think and I think for a lot of people, you know, they they put their hope, you know, not it's not just putting like, you know, your fandom and your support behind them. Like sometimes sometimes teams do have, you know, can pull you out of a dark place, you know, yep. whether it's their performance on the field or the people you meet, you know, like like you're one of many people that I have met just in the last year that I would consider a friend you know now and it's all because call, of yes. this it's all be, it's all because of this wonderful game called soccer yeah and i think that's and i i've told other people that's that's like for the the 90 minutes or 114 minutes that everything else outside of that stadium does not matter and you can you wherever you're sitting next to you don't know if it's a ceo executive or owner of you know trash but doesn't matter for those for that time it's like we're just enjoying our time when our team is scoring we're all high-fiving turning around in four corners high-fiving talking to people um I'm, i've met plethora of folks that i would have never met if we didn't talk soccer or be at city park i've, I've built countless relationships in within that one year that i've that we've taught soccer 
even yeah. though I've lived here 15 plus years, that amount of counterparts and people that we've met has pretty much quadrupled. So it, I don't know if it's a St. Louis thing or if it's across other teams, but I definitely told people from overseas, France and all that, that I talked to is that this is almost as close as like European clubs that are small enough that we know everyone there when you go to a game that has a have decent yes. stadium that you will go. Um, when you have teams, you know, within the team itself, when you have from the media or from the staff that know you by name, even though there's 22,000 of us and, but they still know 30, 50 of us to say hi, when we go to the stadium, that's some, an experience that you cannot compare to anything else because it's, and, and it's, it's really unheard a melting, of. it's a melting and it's a melting pot of backgrounds yes. and, and, and just knowledge of the game. Like there's, there's a lot of, lot of people that, that I've met that have followed St. Louis FC, you know, like yes. in back from the original days of the Luligans in 2010, um, there have been fans of like the other teams in St. Louis that have started up and failed to remember all that. Unfortunately, I wasn't in St. Louis for those those teams, so I really don't have a connection to them. I am one of those recent converts, but you know what? That's okay. That that is perfectly okay because like a lot of people I think are in the same boat where they uh, are like me and embracing this game of soccer for the first time. And we're all mixed in with people like you and like, uh, like others that have embraced this game for far longer. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing. There, there is no judgment on that. We're all in this together as one collective. And it's, it's, it's just amazing. Still taking myself for not knowing much about St. Louis FC as much, even though sure. I'm almost not that far, but I went to one. You know, Yes, and I have planned to do it so many times, but I don't, maybe life got away, but I'm still kind of kicking myself because it's like just hearing, you know, those stories from Stewart's and Matt and Santi, just that core knowledge is like, Mm -hmm. dang, I missed like 99% of St. Louis soccer. Yeah. Right there. But I'm going to make... I'm gonna, but I'm gonna atone for that because I am going to support and get season tickets for St. Charles FC. Yeah, you uh, are yeah. USL two team. Yes, and I've also made sure to. I'm um, knowing now the whole NPSL when we watch CD Academy play, uh, that kind of mm-hmm. opened my eyes to you know all of the NPSL and you know all of yeah. the other semi-pro, non-pro, or pros teams that are playing locally. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully we'll be able to cover some of those also to share the love on, um, you know, it's not yeah. just the pro team or the academy. There's also, you know, those USL teams and all of those leagues under that pyramid that yeah. are, I have not only St. Louis ambush players that plays in there, but also kids that are looking to play college or pros. So we have so many of those teams that we can cover and, you know, kind of help and, uplift the whole San Luis and, soccer. And, and Ali, and, and one final note, I really am looking forward to the day when me and you can come on this podcast and talk about our professional women's soccer team, whenever that comes oh, that, about. Yes. Hey, cause my, my daughter said she's tired of watching guys, men play soccer. <laughs> 
No, I yes. get it. You know, and, and you know what? <laughs> I like the women's game a lot. I mean, I and I and I, and I I don't say that as someone that's just a public address announcer for you know a few of them back in my history. Oh, the colleges? It's, yes. It's it, it's a it's a different game. It, it is. It's a more cerebral. You know, a little more. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, it the energy is different. And they're tougher and, than and, guys too. They are. You know what? I. <laughs> I actually can yes. vouch for that. They are they yes. they 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 will throw elbows out there on the field and they will just shrug it off and move on. Like they're women's soccer players are some of the toughest athletes that you will find. Um, but oh, yeah. I know I've, I've I bruises. Know, yes. Yeah, I know this city. I know this yes. city. When and if we ever get a women's soccer team, we will definitely show out for it. Hey, Casey Curran is taking all of our younger women that are, that are doing so well in San Louis. They're San getting M2. their own stadium. Yes. yes. That the first the first ever women's team to have their own stadium specifically for them, I think, in the world. I think I'm pretty sure it's it will be correct. And the fun thing is, I went to school in North Kansas City High School, mm-hmm. which is about five minutes to the new stadium. So it's pretty much, there's a casino, there's North Kansas city and there's this stadium. So, um, I will be making some trips there, no matter what that will happen. But, and especially me having four girls, that will be definitely the, the place to be for women's soccer, especially on, um, to watch. So for sure, I'm excited about it. Yes. Well, we we've gotten to this point, Mo. We've we've yes. got our own podcast. It's taken us time zones, hundreds of miles, <laughs> um, tons of hours of watching soccer, even a couple technical mishaps, you know, with uh, my one. microphone. And but you know, we're here. This yes. is uh, this is the Two for the City podcast. I'm Tom Franklin, and I'm Musa, aka Musa Seka. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, and also quick notes. We're still working on the the logo. Yes. So for anyone listening, we might have to do a little sweepstake or a little raffle if Mm. somebody comes up with a logo. And I think I think you might have something up your sleeve there, Mo. Yes. And so I think if one second, there might be a little surprise for the winners that we will pick a logo from give me a second all right i'm gonna do the drum roll long drum roll by the way spoiler alert he did tell me what it was going to be earlier and uh i think let's just say that if if for anyone that's a graphic artist okay okay still looking for it uh i assure you this is worth your while Here we go. He is there. He, here he comes. Got the headphones back on. And what you got there? All right. So what we're going to do is since I'm sure that we have experts, graphic designers, that's going to be listening to the podcast. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is since we're a kid friendly podcast, we're going to do a swift stake that if some or whoever we pick the new logo for CD2. We will be giving away a 
St. Louis. Oh, beautiful. CD. And it is and it is a small. So that means whoever have a kid will be one very happy kid. Or maybe and, if you're a smaller lady, you know, would, yes. would work for you. And yeah. so what we're going to do is knowing that in a few days we'll be going to the kickoff um session with CD. And mm -hmm. we don't know who's going to be there. So I will do my best to get as much signatures as possible Ooh. on this very jersey. Ooh. It will make it more interesting there. Yeah, there what you go. Do you, and, think, and, uh, you know what? I, I mean, I think that is going to inspire people to unleash their creative vision, you know, in the possibility yes. of getting that beautiful jersey. Definitely. I, and, and, and yeah, just come up with a, just come up with a logo, two for the city. Think about what makes St. Louis City SC. Think about the arch. Think about St. Louis. Think about, you know, just come up with your best shot. And you can win that beautiful jersey, which may have some signatures on it by the time you get your hands on it. I know there's I, no way I'm I, there's no way I'm fitting into that, though. I can tell you that right now. No, maybe an arm of mine will, but hey, you know. I could probably get a leg in there, but that's about it. Hey, so that's one way to make it interesting. And <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that that is our first episode of Two for the City in the books. I'm Tom Franklin. Musa Seka. And we are Two for the City. Deuces All out. Right. Peace.